Clubhouse. Welcome to Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home with your hosts, Beth Kushnick and Caroline Daly. Welcome to Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home. This is Caroline. Hey, Beth. Hi, Caroline. Season five continues tonight with another great guest. Yes, I'm so excited. This week's guest is graphic artist and designer Lyle Booth. Before we get to Lyle, though, I want to talk to you, Beth, and your role as an influencer. I know as a set decorator, your job has an aspect of being an actual tastemaker. Like people watch these shows and then they decide these want these looks in their own homes. So from paint colors to furniture to fabrics. Items you choose completely take off in the real world. It's amazing. That must feel so funny to like choose something and then actually hear people want it in their own house that these items may not have gotten exposure otherwise. So when you're picking an item for set, how much of that aspect comes to your mind? I don't think it does when I'm doing something for set. It might come to mind when I'm working on a private client. But since I tend to try to stay away from trends and fads and deal more with designing for a specific character, I don't really focus on that. But what I'm finding are a lot of items available out there at all different price points. I do focus on that. There are great dupes that I focus on because both on set and in people's homes, they like to be given choices and everything at a high-low range of price and availability. Well, let's talk about this week's guest, Lyle Booth. Lyle has worked with Beth on a ton of projects over the last 15 years, and he represents maybe the newest aspect of production design, the graphic designer. Beth, what impressed you most about Lyle when you first met? Well, probably his musical selection, yeah. uh, things that don't have anything to do with our jobs, although we're very aligned in our vision. We, we really have a good communication and our listeners will understand why. We shared an office for many, many years that was just divided by some bookcases. I think we developed our communication both as friends and as artists, as co-workers, and we were very aligned, even when we didn't agree, which happened a lot. Yeah. Um, we we <laughs> both did our best in our kind of back and forth to at least use the same method of communication to sort of prove our point. I think we come from the same visual vocabulary, and that really made a difference in how well we jived and worked together. And whatever job I was on, I always tried to have Lyle with me. So it didn't come like totally easy at first. You guys had to work a little bit on your communication and how you do it together. Yeah, he's a wild man. So, you know, <laughs> it took a little bit. But, I, you I know. I love that. The best relationships are ones where it's a little rocky at the beginning, but then you like find your place in exactly. the dance and you guys can kind of dance together. We then. were both young renegades when we met. You know, we've grown mature now and we communicate very well. 
So it must have been a big change for you to add in a graphic designer onto your team. I know you have awesome team members and adding something new like that must bring about quite a bit of change. Well, it was really warranted. I don't think you, you see credits in a movie like graphic designer or visual consultant. Um, they're all things that have developed through the years, you know, with screens telling stories and being the way time changes in a, in a script um, to both text and on computer screens. We really needed another element of someone who builds those screens and can do all of that, let alone the whole level of detailed set decoration like paperwork and posters and through the years where everything really now has to be created from scratch because of clearance issues, that really drove the need for a full-time, in-the-office, on-set person as a graphic designer, giving us all those tools to make a set authentic. Beth, I'm fascinated to get a chance to share Lyle with our listeners and give them a chance to hear about how your team works and, and all the amazing stories you guys have shared. So let's get to our interview. Our producer, Mike, is joining in on this interview with Beth. So now's our interview with graphic artist and designer, Lyle Booth. Joining us today is Lyle Booth, graphic artist and designer on some of your favorite shows from the last 15 years. Lyle, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm very well. How are you doing? Good. I, I, I was telling Beth as we were waiting for you to get on, I, looking at your jobs. One, Beth has worked on some of my favorite shows over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And so I see your name associated next to all of them or a lot of them. And I'm like, man, I, I, I love it. Uh, you know, you, you're, you've had your fingerprints on the pulse. It's been an honor to work for there. <laughs> for those that watch TV credits of shows or movies, which everyone should do, but not enough people do do, uh, we'll see the title graphic designer listed. But maybe people don't know exactly what that means. What is the role of a graphic designer? How do we see your work in a finished TV show or, or a movie? Well, it's funny. When I talk to people in real life, if I'm uh, at a party or if I'm just meeting somebody and we're at a store, say, and they say, oh, what do you do? It's like a graphic designer, TV and movies. And they're like, oh, what do you do? So, you know, and I say, well, let's say we're shooting here. You see those signs over there? I will have designed those. Your T-shirt, I probably would have designed. If you pick up your phone and make a phone call or you check a website, I'll do those graphics. Signage outside, sometimes I'll do the, the floor pattern. Depends. It's a pretty good way to explain what a graphic designer does. How about for, for us, like, sci-fi geeks? Not that necessarily you worked on, like, Star Trek, but maybe is the graphic designer one who's doing, like, all of the controller or screen stuff that maybe we're seeing on there? Is that full under graphic designer, too? That should do. Yeah. Uh, they will work closely with playback. Those are the people, very talented group of people who are making sure all those screens actually work and will provide the graphics for them. Occasionally, if there's something really nuts, we'll outsource to a company that's like specializes in 3D, you know, or something like that, because those graphics are going to take as long as everything else we do for an episode. Speaking of sci-fi, Lyle and I worked on Fringe together. So on Fringe, the screens would be made by us in-house, or if it was something really particularly difficult in 3D, we would hire out, but... One of the things that was really interesting about it personally was that the paperwork I had to do where something happened, there was an earthquake 
It was in Boston. And there was a time portal and somebody with full cloaking gear showed up and did something and you couldn't see them. They were invisible, right? Those are three things that happened at the same time. Just for an example, this is not from the script. But I'd have to put together these documents they found from like 75. Project Elephant, I think, was one of them. So I made these really old, really, you know, really cool, based on old actual military documents, you know, typewriters and everything else and stamps and logos. And I'd start with like, okay, so Project Elephant was this top secret, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'd try to get all governmenty with it. And then I'd look it up and I'd say, okay, so earthquakes, epicenter, got it. And then it was like, at some point, for some reason, I'd start talking about epicenters of earthquakes and time distortion. And it turns out that's a thing. And I'd be like, oh. Wow, that's interesting. And then the third part would be like cloaking mechanisms for personal gear. And there it is on some incredibly deep dive. So, you know, for sci-fi, it was like, wow, this is insane. And it's also actually real, I say with air quotes, you know, (laughs) and these insane deep dives into these what I thought would be sci-fi subject matter. But apparently it's always based in real stuff and I, I was just amazed how writers came up with this stuff i was like my god this is such an insane deep dive into science and government and you know just natural phenomena well that was jj abrams yeah well yeah it was jj abrams you know we always used to joke in the office that when lyle would take a deep dive into any script on any show that we were working on you know, whoever was getting arrested in the office, it was definitely from uh, searching his computer. So yeah. whenever, no, no. Yeah. whenever no, if anybody was, was going going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you talk about you find those details like the Project Elephant or they find something in a, like a cache of old documents. As a viewer, I'm very into serialized show and I like deep lore sci-fi. I like world building. Those documents and the maps that are all crinkled or all of that stuff that looks aged, that has all that print that, you know, you you pause on like your high def TV and then you zoom in on. Mm -hmm. I sit there and study. I mean, for hours before I was podcasting, I was doing written reviews, like long, like 6,000 word long form written reviews. That, That stuff is catnip for me. So, like, that's why we need a graphic designer. Your your work literally is what brings me into the world and and makes me feel immersed in it. Though it it yeah, it's it's so important. It's funny because something like paperwork tells a story. On a legal show, there's these things that were going on that were opening scene is this. Next scene is like, oh, we're going to open this investigation. Third one is we found these documents. Fourth one is like, so this is a crossover. Fifth one is like these people came in and did this other thing. So even in the background, the paperwork piles would tell a story. Everything that you see or don't see is telling a story. And one of the things I find fascinating about graphics is that, Beth, you know this, the joke is the more time you spend on something, the the less likely you're going to see it on screen. Of course. But everything that you see, even spread in the background, just at a glance, you know, as the camera just does a, you know, it's called eye wash. All that tells a story. And one of the things I love about my job is imparting the reality and the story, whether somebody realizes they see it or not. Does that make sense? It it does. It does. Because whether you're aware of it or not, you are being sucked into it by those background details. Your Mm -hmm. brain is picking it up on a subconscious level, I think. And for a set decorator who does authentic top layer of life, 
I have formed my collaboration with Lyle, and it's an incredible thing to have everything that he produces as another whole layer and element to my creating character. It's it's all yeah. character driven and script driven. Yeah. Lyle, tell us yeah. a little bit about how you got started. You know, I've always drawn. I've always been a cartoonist or, you know, illustrator. And my mother was in uh, advertising. So I would do summer jobs with her. And that was fun being a, an early teen and doing a wild turkey illustrations for jackets for uh, getaways for the company people. <laughs> yeah, I had a wild turkey and a whitewater raft. So I was like, yeah, you can do this. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm on jackets <laughs> somewhere. But then I uh, went to college for uh, Hofstra University for um, graphic design. And after that, I worked at a frame shop which was great because I don't know how many people actually get to handle a real Miro, but that was lovely. And then while I was working at the uh, frame shop, we had a Christmas party and we were playing Pictionary. And it turns out that the boyfriend of one of my fellow employees, you know, he got up there to do something, he starts drawing. And I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is that? Is that a brush? No, it's the thing. It's like, it's got eyes. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, is that Bert? He's like, yes. And I'm like, you draw, you drew Bert <laughs> from, the, from Sesame Street. And I was like, wow. And I, I did something and I, you know, I can draw fast and accurate. And he was like, you know, so we started talking. He's like, uh, he's English and he's still English. He's like, yeah, you think you could draw Muppets? You think you draw a Muppet like playing baseball? And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. So went home, did some sketches, uh, gave them to him. And I was offered a job at the interactive department of uh, Sesame Workshop. Wow. Where we did games for kids, you know, educational games, to teach them how to do things. This is interesting because this is one of these things where, and I I know this is going to come up again, but it's like where you're fighting the good fight <laughs> and, and you are doing something that's important. And we had everything in-house. We would test stuff. We would write stuff. We would record stuff. And in the testing, I remember this one time, this kid was playing a game with the screen that I designed. It's like find the shape at a harbor. And, you know, you have your uh, the floaty ring, you've got a star, you've got a bell, you know, you've got an anchor, and you have to drag your piece onto the where it goes. And behind them, you know, it's a one-way window. We have a screen pointing at the kid. We can see the screen he's playing. And then we see behind the kid where our researcher is trying to distract the mother. Because the parents are always like, oh, you know, no. And they try and get involved as, you know, right. as one would. But we get a lot of things where a parent, and this was one of them, and she's like, oh, no, he's not. Oh, he's really not very good at, you know, fit the shape. It's, you know, we're sort of working on it. And, you know, and she's like, oh, really, really trying to get in her way and talking and being very nice. And she's like, yeah, no, I think he's going to get ding. And she, and it's like, ding. And she's like, what, what is that? It's like, oh, your son just got two of them. She's like, what? Really? And she sort of sneaks over and watches. It's like, ding, 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 gets the last three. The mother cried because she'd never seen her kid do this. Hmm. And it was an eye-opener for me that you can present something to somebody. And Beth, you and I have talked about this. It's yes, like, well, you can have. say anything to anybody, provided you say it in a way they can hear it. Right. So after that, I worked a couple of jobs, related things, like hooked on phonics and stuff. And then uh, my friend... Sam Rogers, who is a uh, scenic, he's like, you really got to try out for this. 
So I did. And I had taken some 3D courses while I was at Sesame. And it turned out one of the one of my classmates was the inestimable Claire Hine. And she's like, oh, my God, I thought I recognized you. So when I went in for my test, there she was and went through everything that I did and, uh, you know, got in. My first job was with Law and Order Criminal Intent, where I worked with uh, Les Bloom was the production designer, an incredibly dear man, and a really, really wonderful, wonderful person. And uh, Mr. Harry Darrow was the art director. I mean, they were incredibly supportive, and my daughter was born the day <laughs> the day I was supposed <laughs> to start. Wow. So they're like, oh, no, you can't come in. You can't come in. I'm like, okay, fine. But on Thursday, Les called. He's like, listen, I really hate to do this to you, but is there any way you can come in Friday? I'm like, yes, I can come in Friday. My sister-in-law's in town. It's fine. And that started a beautiful relationship and my professional career with the union. I mean, Law & Order is not like a small franchise. I mean, is that did, – no. did the world just open up from there or was – well, it's very funny because my work in advertising, I spent a month working on this like logo that had mountains in it and just ended up being three triangles. And it was like banging your head against the wall because, you know, the client's the client. And that's fine. And, oh, we got to tweak this. We got to tweak that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. In my first month in the union, I had branded and made signage and IDs and all this other stuff for like 15 companies. And they all look great. But the thing about the good fight, you know, working on uh, Sesame is one thing, and Beth, you'll understand this, is that what we did with the good fight was bring up the position of women and the trials that they go through and the, the whole world of being a, you know, a woman married to this guy who's like a philanderer and trying to carve out her own niche, you know, as a professional, as a lawyer and the respect and everything. And, and you hear about that show referenced as things that made a difference, where women heard their voices. And in that way, it's a real honor to work with that and the good fight. Well, that's an excellent segue, because I look at your resume uh, and I look at Beth's resume, and there is a tremendous amount of overlap there. So, so Beth, yes. I want to turn to you. Uh, tell us about working with Lyle. I mean, this isn't adjacent to your work you're doing as a set decorator. You two have spent many years together. Like, what is that relationship been like? Is there collaboration there? Talk, talk to us a little bit about your work with Lyle. Sure. Lyle and I are very good friends. We're collaborators. We've shared an office for many, many, many years. Just picture a pretty big office separated by walls of bookcases on one end and another with a little entrance in between so I could get to the back of the room, which was my office and my staff's office. And Lyle was in the front of the room and uh, the bookcases didn't go to the ceiling. So Lyle was very adept at throwing things at my head from his <laughs> side of the room all the way over to my desk. Whenever yeah, this was he not a constant was, thing, mind you. This wasn't like... Well, when he was trying to make a point. So here are the ways in which Lyle and I vibed. And I would like to tell our listeners about the nine jobs that Lyle and I have been on together, which is a, a huge part of my career and his, starting with Evil, Bridge and Tunnel, The Good Fight, Main Justice, Instinct, Brain Dead, The Many Years on The Good Wife, Fringe, and Canterbury's Law with Juliana Margulies as well. And for each one of those jobs, we had different challenges, everything from creating 
Peter Florek's whole entire political campaign from bumper stickers to pins to signage to hats, everything you could possibly think of. And Lyle and I spent many, many years sitting in uh, production meetings adjacent to each other. And in a way, my work informed his, his work informed mine. And with the direction of the production designer, we really crafted things and thought about details. You know, it it was not only the paperwork and the logos and the legal documents, but we started each one of these series with choices like the color of the folders. And that was maintained throughout years and years. And we really established a look. And the interesting thing about it is that Lyle works very closely with the prop master because a lot of the things that he creates are touched by the actors, which makes it a prop. The same authenticity that he brings to my level of set decorating, he brings to the prop master to be able to hand this legal document to an actor and they feel like their character is fulfilled because they have the tools that they need. It's interesting, you know, I'm working on a film right now and we had our screens and graphics meeting this week. And it's amazing because years ago, there wasn't this, really even this position, because so much of a movie is now told through a cell phone text, a laptop screen. The movie is written, the one that I'm working on is written to include so much of that. So his job is really become more, even more in the forefront of production and the art department. Yeah, it it took a while, but now TV and movies will have things where what's actually on the screen just pops up over the action that's happening on the screen. And it's a good move because it helps you move ahead quicker. Mm -hmm. But it's it's really great, like to work with Beth on um, The Good Wife in particular. And it's something you sort of miss when you start shows because you're like, ah, you know, there was so much time to develop a character, like you're saying, to offices and props and the way things look. And again, this gets back to the paperwork on the table. One thing was really fun were folders and logos. And we changed the colors because Juliana's, you know, her her journey was from one uh, firm to another, to another, to another. And we would change the logo, change the color of the folders to match, you know, the background and also the personality, you know, of the person that's going on. And uh, it is a subtle. It's such a small thing, but it's like it really is. And I think if you see these things, it's like a screensaver. You know, your your computer has a logo floating on it. Well, what's what's that background? What's the texture? Is you know, what's the emotional vibe? You know, that you're setting up. It's it's totally different. Do you get taken in in your job? Because, you know, we talked we've talked to Beth now for years on this podcast about how her job is so character driven, you know, like Alicia Florek with like her bedroom paint color or fringe, the you know, the couch that uh, they would have in a room. And, and what does that say about the character? Do you get to the point where they would never use that font on, on like their business card or on their poster? You know, like, like oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, he that's, gets there. That's, yeah. 
no, they, they, they would yeah, never. Yeah. This is, you know, Baranski is a refined woman. She would never use such a thing, you know, or something like that. Right. Do you feel well, ownership to that level or is it a little more like, yes. I don't know, the script says, no, ab- you, know, absolutely. Cal- you know, calibre 12 and that's what I'm using, you know. And sometimes... We have different opinions, Lyle and I. Uh-huh. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Okay. Let's, let's, no, get, no, no. let's take it down a notch. <laughs> well, that's when things start flying over the intellectual that's wall. Right. <laughs> where intellectual intercourse just breaks down and it becomes a grenade it's, fight. It, it is intellectual intercourse because, honestly, I feel that Lyle and I are equaled in very important areas. Like, to be yeah, able to share an office... We're very much aligned in our musical taste, which was very important because there were times when we had to close the office door and blast the the anger management playlist. That's right. And, And he kept me going and I kept him going. And I think we collaborate very well, even when we have very strong opinions because you mm-hmm. know it's it is such a subjective thing but i think our working styles are very similar and you know i can make my point for when i think he's making a wrong choice and then he can make his point and you know we when we it turns out she in a... fact has no idea what she's talking about yes no it's true <laughs> sometimes we call it a draw yeah, Beth, correct me if I'm wrong, but it would be like the two of us walked into an art gallery and we started talking about a piece. It's like we may yes. see it from different points of view, but if we sit there and consider long enough, because we're both talking from a very thoughtful point, and even if we don't see the same thing, we can see what the other sees. Yes. You know what I mean? And we can Absolutely. talk intelligently and we can come to an agreement. We always did. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you, you sometimes you see something, you really want to fight for it. You're like, well, you know, but it's like, would it be this? And there are times when I've suggested like alternate business names or quotes or slogans or designs because it's just like, look, I hear what you're saying, but maybe this. And it, if, if that conversation wasn't with Beth, it would be with somebody else. And you fight those few and far between because, look, there's a writer. It's fine. It, it works. And it does work. You know, it's not, not, not being flipped. But when you are a part of the the creative team, for me on jobs, it was starting with all the jobs I did at CBS and starting with The Good Wife, that it was considered a department. It was part of the art department, but his contribution was woven into what I did what the actors need, you know, what what the prop master needs. And it really becomes an asset to the art department. And I think a lot of people always look to Lyle to be the resident expert on some very risque topics. And we all... Oh, my God. (laughs) Just because I had a... Just because I had, like, a leather officer's cap from you know your more uh effervescent clubs in greenwich village doesn't mean anything but uh no but i had an opportunity but it was like with fringe again i had i was the one who had to go in and do the paperwork right remember the thing with um uh what's the japanese bondage shibari shibari yeah, we that was right on your was... tip of your tongue, Beth. That was that was just right <laughs> yeah, no, there. See, see, and I'm the one with the rep, right? I'm the one with the rep. I think I well, think it's something on your that computer, Lyle. About our, uh, about our Beth here. <laughs> it's on your computer, Lyle, not on mine. Oh, that's just that's just cleverness on your part. Um, no, but that was really interesting. Is like you know, it's yeah. Oh, oh, it's you know, it's porn, it's sex. And I'm like, well, you know, 
kind of not really. It's like when you look at, you know, because I looked into it, it's like you get into the Japanese perspective and it's like, yeah, it is what it is, but it's an art form. You have to become an expert on a lot of different things. That's one of my questions, though, for you, Lyle, for sure, because, again, Mm -hmm. you know, our perspective so much with Beth is she's one of the last people to get the set at night before they shoot in the morning. So long hours having to to add her touch to it with her team, turn it over. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole process that goes into there. So so what's your lead time look like for your work? How much time do you have to go and research things to come up with authentic looking paperwork and 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 documentation? And, And how much do you need? from the script or from the production designer or are you often left to your own devices to make a thing look the way it's going to look i think when i started out i felt like i was left to my own devices only because you don't know the questions you can ask but the thing about being a graphic designer is you're working with set deck you're working with props you're working with playback you're working with vfx you're working with the director having great conversations with directors You know, it's not only that Lyle has to be up on trends and the the news feed, but he is capable of doing any period or style. So, you know, for instance, when I worked on Bridge and Tunnel, I was shooting in a location that had a very specific look to it from the 70s, a diner that we wanted artwork for. And we had to create our own because we weren't able to find cleared artwork. So he found something that fit the size that we wanted. We wanted to exaggerate the vertical for this big wall in the in the diner. So really knowing style and history and what would be appropriate color-wise. Yeah, you bring up a good point with that because I think, and this is important, you have to know when to call in assistance. And this is not always easy. And I realized that I was hitting it. But I mean, if you recall, it's like I actually got a little outside help from an artist who had a lot more experience actually in the 50s uh, yep, postmodern. And that was fascinating because it was like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. But I was like, listen, we got a lot of stuff to do. And we actually called in somebody who came in and just sort of put the finishing touches on it. That's important. You know, some people are superheroes. I don't claim to be a superhero. Well, when it comes down to getting everything done at the very last minute, you know, script pages change at the last minute. Lyle is always able to finesse that. And, you know, you have to have a certain temperament. The way in which our office functioned, I'm sort of the decorator doctor on call and Lyle's the designer. I'm the EMS doctor. <laughs> yeah. EMS. I'm, I'm, I'm EMS, man. No, you, yeah. you, it was funny because you're asking me who I work with and what's the lead time on things. And set deck by its very nature gets, I think, a clearer sense of like what, you know, like you can't build a gymnasium in a day. It takes right. two days. All right. So it's not going to be the first day. But dealing with props in particular, because they need a lot of lead time, if they're inventing something, you know, or if they have to have it built, those can get, I don't want to say it's a panic, but sure, you know, sometimes it's a panic. Uh, it's, it's a rough job. I mean, there are times when I've looked at what's going on in a given episode or a given season, and I look at Beth, and or I look at the prop master, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what a, what a thankless job. Because it's <laughs> like, you no, seriously, because you're just like, People are just gunning for you sometimes, you know, it's like, why can't we have this? And why isn't this that table? It's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I meant Henry, the 
not Henry the uh, Louis the Fourteenth chair, you know. It's not this, even though it's scripted, and they have to just completely reinvent the wheel. And I see them doing this, and I'm like, shit, all I have to do is draw something. But then I also, you know, and if it's something that has to be printed, then there's that lead time. And when does that play? And they haven't worked out the schedule yet. I think our listeners can understand that it was total mayhem pretty much all the time. (laughs) And, you know, it's not a surprise for us. It's not a surprise for us. This is what we do. It's the way we're used to working. Yeah. And this is why, you know, writers and directors and creators really can go off. Whatever you want, we can do it. Give us the paper. Meeting's over. We look at each other like, oh, my God, what the hell's the matter with them? But we do it because this is what we get paid to do. And you work with somebody like Beth. You work like with anybody in any of these departments. And, you know, working together for years, you really see their professionalism. Sometimes it sucks to be really good at what you do because it's like the people who are asking you for things don't understand that the actual turnaround, the actual work. It's just that we managed to pull it off and it looks goddamn good. That's the definition of the thankless job, though. You know, you you make it look so effortless in yeah, so little sure. time. So it's uh, right. Just do well, it again. Well, was you it know, Scotty? This... Yeah, it was Scotty on the Star Trek when he's like, "No, you don't tell him that it's. We'll have it in thirty minutes. Are you going to have? What? Oh, that's Irish. Hold on a second. You were Jeez. right there, though. I was feeling Duhan. Yeah. I was getting no, it but from he's you like, totally, you don't, yeah. you don't tell him. You don't tell him that it's like we'll have it in a half hour. You tell him two weeks, and then you bring it in in three days, and they think you're a hero. That it's lesson, like, yeah. That lesson made a it made a real impression on me as a young man that I have carried through my entire career. You know, oh, always, you always say it's going to take so much longer, so you can yeah, yeah, you yeah. can always impress. Two weeks, yeah. two weeks. It's two the Shirk Brothers from uh, Canada. Those guys made a Bob and Doug McKenzie. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Oh, take to do this thing. Two weeks, two weeks. And my brothers are named Bob and Doug, and they've done construction. It was always a how long is it going to take? And they're like. Uh, that's it's the running like, joke in uh, the Money Pit. Uh, the, the, even as a kid watching hmm. the Money Pit with Tom Hanks, that right. always very right. How long is that going to take? Two oh, weeks. that's what it was. Yeah. Two, weeks, two, two weeks, two weeks. Yeah, sorry, but we get two days. If you're lucky, if you're lucky. <laughs> if, so, if so we're lucky. I know Beth, Beth has her whole set deck team. I know if she gets stumped, she mm-hmm. can turn to them. The production designer has everyone kind of at their fingertips if they get stuck on an mm-hmm. idea. And these are all collaborative. Your job is collaborative, but you are often a department mm-hmm. of one. So who do you yeah. turn to if you're stuck? Like, you know, what, what, where, how does collaboration in a department of one work? Well, he just screams for me on the other end of the bookcase. Yeah, just throw, throw <laughs> shit at her until she stops asking for things. Is that what, is that the trick? Is that what we have to do? Yes, no, absolutely. Okay. Violence is always the answer. They say it's not, but that's in school. This is professional world. <laughs> no, the, um, this is one of the really great things about uh, uh, local USA 29 and my brothers and sisters in, in our union is that we're here for each other. You know, like I said before, with the 3D thing, it's like, look, I don't have time to do a 3D thing. I don't have a time to do a 2D animated thing. I could do it, but I won't be able to, I literally won't be able to do anything else. You know, the most I can do is design what I need and then get someone, you know, that I know, hopefully, or not, which is even better sometimes because you learn, you meet new people. And they'll take that on, you shop that out, and you do everything else. You make sure that thing comes in and is in the format that they need it, and boom, you're good. But Lyle, in the early days, you worked as a one-man band. We very rarely did the graphics department have any assistance and he just plowed through all of these graphic needs 
let alone everyone's personal needs, like every crew member asking Lyle to design their wedding invitations and their... Listen, um, and don't get me wrong, that was a pleasure. It really is. But, you know, it's like having three sets shooting in one day on the second day. It's like, well, you know, how can I push this off? And you don't want to say no because everybody's cool, you know, and you're a family. You're a team. You're a band, right? You, you stick together, but yeah, it could get, it could get nuts. I work, you work long hours, you put in some extra time. I, I still get requests from people I've worked with about, Hey, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, no problem. You know? Well, I'll tell everybody a little bit about the music that we used to listen to. Okay. Some of our musical inspirations. Well, first of all, Beth made some really good compilations, which was really great, but there were times when it wasn't appropriate, you know? <laughs> Joni Mitchell just wasn't cutting it. So there's this band called Butt Trumpet, and there's a song called I've Been So Mad Lately. That <laughs> if you've never heard it, I really suggest you listen to it because, oh boy, when that's really good. When you're feeling frustrated, it's the cure. Oh, God. Yeah, it really is because you're laughing, you're laughing your ass off, and you, you know, which is what you need. You need to blow up steam, you need to relax. And uh, also, The Exploited are great. They have a song called Bastards. They have a song, you know. When Lyle would close the door to the office, lock the door. Yeah. Anytime the door closed, we all knew something was happening. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just listening to you guys talk, I mean, just there's such a shorthand that exists between you two. So I'm curious, let's delve into some of the work that you guys have actually done together. Are there scenes or episodes or work that you two did together, and this is for both of you, that stand out that had a large impact or something that really required a collaboration on you? Beth, I know you mentioned, I think, uh, the Chris Noth, Peter Florick political campaign. Um, but, uh, you know, let, let's, let's yeah, dive into that for both of you. You know, give us, give us some uh, background info on something. Well, there was a lot of artwork and maps in the first season of Evil, Like I said, in Bridge and Tunnel, there was more period work. The Good Fight took on a kind of different look. It was an African-American law firm. And I think really these specific scripts that were written where almost the specific Shabari episode where we created the artwork, it goes back actually to working with Noel Giddings, who we interviewed this season um, about cleared art. And there were times when... Every choice that was being made from a decor perspective included some kind of graphic element. It was really dependent on the script, but sort of amazing when a script, even like Fringe, bizarre things, not necessarily anything that you would be able to find that easily, then took on more of a, you know, if you can't find it, you make it. And where I go first is like sort of to Lyle. And then if we're going to source things out and have custom props made, we do that. But I'd say in every one of the shows that we've worked on, there have been more episodes than not of things that, judging from the script, were things that we created, you know, that we thought about and made decisions for the characters and really built from scratch. Also, photo editing goes into a lot of this. Everything you mentioned, it was just like with the Shabari thing. It's like, yeah, you couldn't use 90% of the artwork. So we had, you know, I had to go in there and, and change things so that they were CBS clearable. 
when you consider the history of a character in photographs, like if you're seeing a character over the years of their life, you know, you get the actors to give us photographs from when they were younger and you have to build those photographs. You know, we, ha we had a photograph on Christine Boryansky's credenza for years with Hillary Clinton and that photograph had to be created. So we took a photo of Hillary Clinton and a photo of Christine Bransky, and Lyle made that one photo. That's amazing. That's straight magic to me. I am, yes. I am so uncreatively, I, I have no creativity with art. I just don't have a facility for it. I can't cut a straight line with scissors. Uh, so that, that all of that, I, straight wizardry to me. I, I, I am always so impressed when those things look so seamless and so well done. There, there is, are times it, when you get something that works and it's really, it kind of, you, you sit there and you sit back and you're like, wow, that, that's good. I mean, the secret to that is you really got to get, you got to find the photo from Getty, which is an excellent resource for all official photos. You get those where they're shaking hands with somebody or whatever. And first you get it approved. Yes, they like it. Okay, we're going to put this person in. You give it to the photographer and you have them match the lighting and everything else. And then for the graphic designer, you take those two photos, you put them together. But start with the photo you're going to put somebody into. Don't try to do it the other way around. It's exactly you can and but it, it's like it if somebody's is. just standing outside yeah you can do it but it's still then you got to search for the photo it's like oh christ you know well, there's eyeline i mean in the top of lighting yep. there's yep. eyeline there's head tilt yep. there's so much that goes into it that makes it look realistic versus that you know you know you put my head on someone's you know you know uh, arnold schwarzenegger's body it's not going to look right you know i would say of all the gaffes that, oh i could make uh, it look people right. <laughs> yeah well sort of i would say that of all the gaffes that fans look out for for and can see so specifically that it falls into the category of that kind of graphic work and photography and photos that look green screens for lack of a better word and they look fake they hang on the wall and they're fake and they just you know they're cringeworthy for me and my work so those photos that tell a story when we need them, you really need them to tell a backstory. Sometimes they're even used in the credits of a movie. So they they really have to be believable. You know, everyone starts these graphics and photo meetings and screens off <laughs> with the same thing, talking about, okay, this time we're going to make them perfect, you know. And Can believable. you youngify this person? Yeah, and it's like young fi. Okay, all right, we're making words up now. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and you, you you do it, you do it, you do it, and then you gotta you gotta pass it. Yeah, you gotta get them to sign off on it. And uh, you know, listen, sometimes things are much better than others, but the, you learn a lot. You know, masking is your friend, and start with the photo you're going to drop somebody into, and then have them shoot that photo, not just get it from their personal selfies. It's like you know, do it right. Spend the money, and, you it'll know, look Lyle great, and it'll to take be... one fifty percent of the time. You know, it, it, it'll take so much less time. Lyle has to be dependent as well on the actors providing us with the photos, and that is a. And generally, you know, they're very, very good about it. Right. You know. No, but I mean, you know, it's like they'll do it. Part of it is like, are they home? If they live in L.A., it's a whole thing for them. They got to, you know, you know, our our first ads are very good about tracking things down. So, and those guys can be a lifesaver sometimes, no joke. 
I, I talked about how so much of what you're talking about uh, appears to me like magic, and I think to a lot of viewers, when it, especially when it's done well. Are there other tricks of the trade that you have that you can share? I don't want to be like a, like asking a magician to reveal their secrets here, but the, I you, have no problem tell, with that. You, I have no problem with that. Well, give it to us. What are what are some of like the top tricks of the trade that you would give to someone if they were you know say starting out? Well, it turns out magic is real, and that is actually mostly how it's done. <laughs> okay. So you got to study in the east, and no. Uh, it kind of goes, it goes piece by piece. I mean, photo compositing is, uh, you know, green screen is not always the answer. We've learned this. It's like, you know, if somebody's skiing, don't use a green screen because green ain't there. You shoot them against white, shoot them against light gray. You know, that's Didn't a, we you know, learn you don't that have to do that. Evil. Oh, Christ. Yeah, we learned <laughs> that all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we started doing it. I mean, on my part, when I started saying, it's like, don't do that. Don't use this color. Can we use this color? And, you know, people started listening. It was just like, okay. And then they'd start coming to me. It's like, do you want this on white, gray, black? What do you want it on? I was like, well, what are they? Where are they? They're in the woods. We could do gray. Interesting. And uh, build up an archive. Save everything. That is a very good tip. You know, every time we've gone to Lyle and said, what about such and such paperwork or medical or law or credit card bills or that he's like, oh, let me look at this file. Let me look at the." So he doesn't have to build everything from scratch all these years into his career. You use what you have as a template and then you change it. So once you're doing this job for a while, you gather almost your kit of go-tos, you know, like I have my go-to objects and, and set decor that I like to use, and I have what I can pull in my shop. Lyle has what he can pull from his computer and from his hard drives. A digital library. Yes. It's a digital library. Now, the, there's a thing you, you know, if you're going to do graphics is you have to realize people are going to come up and be like, oh, you've got you've got magazines that we could use. Right. And I'm like, yes and no. You got to clear a name. We got to get photos. Right. Mm-hmm. So the layout can be the same because, you know, there's really only so many. Only right. That so many. Use, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. But you got to come up with a new name and you got to, you, you know, I, we you got to get a Getty account. It's like. It, it's they'll try to save money on graphics uh, libraries for Getty. It's like, no, dude, just buy it. Just get it for a month or it's whatever. It's pay for itself. I mean, in time, in time. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I'll use personal photos for some things because it's fun, but that's not going to be a congressman. I'm looking at your that you worked on younger, and I'm just sitting here thinking of all of the photo layout stuff you must have done over the years, like just crazy amount of stuff, especially for that show. One thing that was fun for them was logos. There were there was a wedding, and we needed uh, five different companies. You know, there was a caterer, there was a this, there was a that, there was flowers, blah, 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 blah. and it was like, yeah, we need all these logos. And I'm like, cool. It's like, can you do it? I'm like, yeah, I could do it. I love doing logos; they're fun. On my website, actually, uh, wildboothgraphics.com, there's a thing under logos, and one of them is for younger. I don't have it pegged as younger, but when you see the caterers. There's a whole bunch of logos, and those were the final versions, and that was good. And that was interesting because it's like here are a whole bunch of different companies that need to complement each other but can't be the same. And that's where logos and things come in and and fonts, and that's another thing. Fonts are a big thing now because, you know, clearances has reached into fonts. So there are some big ones. There's uh, Monofont and Adobe are big font companies, and they're good. They They have decent collections. Back in the day, it was much more loose. 
another subscription though that you can you could you could obtain with Adobe. I had an Adobe font subscription for a long time because you know you never know when it's going to come up and you know you may need it. And... Well, they offer it too. I mean, right. if you get the uh, if you get the what, Creative Suite, it's like yeah, they have they have stuff. Is there a project that stands out to you over your career that was either particularly unusual and strange or just really difficult for you to pull off? And that maybe you did pull it off and you were particularly proud of it then because of that. A show that was surprising was Royal Pains. And we would do these things that are supposed to be really high-end, rich things out in Long Island. But there was this one episode where they were in Cuba and Long Island. And, you know, it's a script. It's like, you know, it's not a particularly mentally taxing show to watch. <laughs> but we had this one show and it was like, yeah, we're in Cuba. And... We're in the hospital, and I need a mural that's kind of Diego Rivera. It's industrial, and it's medical, and it's going to be 10 feet high and 20 feet wide. I'm like, huh, okay. And he's like, yeah, and then there's a bar. We need a pre-Columbian mural behind the bar. I'm like, huh, okay. And then he's like, yeah, and then we're doing this, like, Arabic mosaic thing out in Long Island, which goes up behind the wall of the uh, fireplace and across the ceiling. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I was doing something for somebody else and it was like, oh my God, I, I did, oh God, it was, it was nuts, but it was insanely rewarding, but it was like, none of these pieces had anything to do with each other. And I hadn't done any of them. You know, it's like, yes, I know Diego Rivera. It's like, yes, I've seen that. I've seen that. So I had to do something where I created this piece in his style using the poses of, you know, a guy with a giant wrench fixing, I don't know, friggin' locomotive over here and then these guys doing you know medical procedure over here so i had to reference a lot of his work and then there was the pre-columbian thing which was like oh yeah no it's a whole band because it's a bar and there's music and i'm like oh all right and then there was the mosaic and the mosaic needs to be done right i think what lyle is also saying is um something similar what, to did I miss something? Other, no i i i it's it, i think that He's saying what other people have told us about the work is studying across the boards, like, you know, a good, well-rounded education that includes yes. references oh, to literature, to art history, mm -hmm. to, you know, any kind of history, to science, that all yeah. of those things in our now our fifth season come up with whatever professional we're talking to because it makes you able to have any kind of these creative discussions. Before we let you go, we've kept you for a very long time. Uh, are there any current or upcoming projects that we need to know about, that we should know about, that we could be on the lookout for you, whether TV, film, or anything? I mean, you go to your website, you've got a, a myriad of different uh, topics for, upon which you work. So what should we be looking out for you? I start Harlem season three. This is another one of those shows that's a good fight to be with. And it's an honor to work on this. This is the uh, black community and uh, the LGBT community and some very real things. They're current and meaningful. It's, you know, it's billed as like sex in the city for, you know, the uh, black sex in the city, which is like everybody knows that wasn't the best way to do it because there's some very real stuff here in some very marginalized communities within the black community and i think there's a lot of stuff in there that's very important like last season we reached out to current real practicing artists from those communities who 
we had a gallery scene and the work was absolutely phenomenal. I, I want to give a shout out, check out season two. It's a really beautiful work and some very important topics and it's fun and it's funny. And you know, these characters, you don't mess, you don't mess with these, these characters and they're great. And then uh, evil's coming back. If people want to follow you on the internet or social media, if, if, if they want to take a look at what you have going on, where should they go? Where should they look for you? Well, lyleboothgraphics.com is my site. It's extremely basic, but you can see some samples of what I've done. It's sort of like the TV shows. Look at the TV shows. Evil, Harlem, Good Fight, Manifest, Younger, Instinct, Shades of Blue, Brain Day, Good Wife, Royal Pains, Fringe. Just finished two things, Riff Raff and O Canada. There's some pieces in there. My CV is on my site as well, so you can go through that. Lyle, thank you so much for joining us and well, thank you for very being much for the me. best office honor. mate for many, many years yes. and for all our collaborations. Yes, thank you. Oh, and by the way, one last thing for Beth is we hear each other talking on the phone a lot. Beth is a ferociously loyal friend and has so much going on and handles it all with aplomb. So kudos to you, Beth. Thank you. It, it was always a pleasure. Oh, I love that. Very Burton Ernie of you two. I love it. You throw <laughs> shit at each other, hey, but Bert. you all you get together and hug. Uh, hey, Burton. Nice. Oh, do you remember that time Bert, we did Bert, that show? Bert, 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 Bert. Ernie, stop throwing shit at me. Yeah. Coming the back right, time, anyway. Bert. Rubber ducky. <laughs> uh, everyone, <laughs> listeners, go to lyleboothgraphics.com. See Lyle's work. He's got it all. Just check out any of the great TV shows that have happened in the last 15 years and you're going to see his work. Uh, Lyle, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, can't wait to have you back again talk about something else. You're very welcome. It's been a real pleasure. A big thank you to Lyle for making the time to speak with us and share how he and I have collaborated through the years. I think his suggestions for people who are thinking about getting into the industry were really spot on. Listeners, make sure you head over to Lyle's website. It's lyleboothgraphics.com to learn more about Lyle's amazing work. That's going to do it for this episode, Beth. Can you believe it? Another one in the can. Amazing. Thank you guys all for listening. I know. It's so great. I'm so happy you guys are listening from all around the world. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home at Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please leave a five-star review. It helps a lot in promotion of the show. Five stars, people. Thanks for listening. Decorating the set from Hollywood to your home is a original Pod Clubhouse production, recorded, edited, and produced at Pod Clubhouse Studios. For more information, please visit us online at podclubhouse.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Pod Clubhouse.